0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss how to create a category or a new market. Joining us is Russ Heddleston, who is the founder and CEO of DocuSend, which is a Dropbox company. Dropbox, if you haven't heard of it, is a secure document sharing platform everyone can use, which makes managing, sharing, and tracking your important files as easy as sharing a link. And today, Russ and I are going to talk about creating a new product category. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Russ Heddleston, the founder and CEO of DocSend. Russ, welcome to the Martech podcast. Thanks,
2: Ben. It's great to be on.
1: Excited to have you here. I feel obligated to apologize in advance. I've got a little bit of a low voice getting over some, well, COVID. So coughs and sneezes in advance for you and for everybody listening. My voice isn't what it normally would be. But that said, I'm still excited to have our conversation, have you on talk to you a little bit about what I think is a fascinating company you are the CEO and co-founder of Docsend, which was acquired by Dropbox, one of the world's most famous, I don't know if I'd call it a growth hacking company, but a growth company. And to me, what you've done is fascinating for a couple different reasons. One, you were able to scale a company and get acquired, but two, you developed a new product category. So talk to me a little bit about the strategy there for developing product categories or basically creating something that doesn't
2: exist. Absolutely. It's a great topic. And I want to note that it's not like I woke up one day and said, hey, I want to create an entirely new category. <laughs> my, my background is as a software engineer and usually product manager at a bunch of different tech companies. And I just like building useful software. I think there's a lot of useful software that needs to be built still. And in the case of Docsend, we saw an opportunity that the existing incumbents like weren't going after. So when we started the company, we had a pretty clear concept of what we wanted to build. The basic thesis was like, hey, why do so many people send attachments? That just really doesn't make sense. There's so many other solutions you could use to send a link. So our theory was like, hey, what if we made it easier to send a link than it is to send an attachment? And we give the sender enough benefit that it's worth their while to change their behavior. And when we started the company, before we wrote any code, I actually ran around to Box and Dropbox and Google and Microsoft. And I showed them the concept and I said, hey, why don't you build this? This just seems like something you should build on top of all the document creation and collaboration stuff that they were doing and just file storage. And they're like, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll do it someday. We got some offers to be acquired. And I'd already been through that process once before selling my first company to Facebook. And so I said, "Nah, I think we're just going to go build it. But to your question, creating a new category, it's tricky because one line of thinking is that, well, if it hasn't already been done, then there must be a great reason why it hasn't been done. So why create a category versus just go into an existing category and make a better mousetrap type of thing? It's the same as the Red Sea versus Blue Ocean. And pros and cons to both, for sure. But for Docsend, we set out to build software because we saw a need in the market. And in the process, ended up creating... An entirely new category when we ask our customers, hey, if Docsend left tomorrow, what would you use instead? And most of the time they say, I have no idea. Please don't go away. (laughs) I need your software.
1: For sure. That's how I feel. We're Dropbox users and Docsend users as well. So normally I think of you're starting a startup. I'm coming from a marketer's perspective, not an engineer's perspective that you find either a category of people or a problem that needs to be solved. You do your research, you figure out what the solution should be. You probably start selling it before you start building it, but there's a little bit of a debate there between which one comes first, the chicken or the egg. And eventually you say, okay, I found product market fit. Where does the category part come in? Where do you start to say, okay, not only am I building a product that has a target market and a solution to an existing problem. But we need to start marketing, branding, and classifying an actual category.
2: I think to some degree, Doxend still hasn't coined the term for the category that we're in. And I think whether or not you need to do that depends on if you're going to enterprise or you're building for the end user. So one of the reasons that Dropbox acquired Docsend is that our go-to-market motion is fairly similar and that it's very product-led growth oriented. So for DocSend like for Dropbox we primarily build for the end user and that's distinct and different from the economic buyer at a big enterprise right if you're buying Workday on behalf of your 10,000 employees the individual employees aren't making the decision around that software and so it's like some enterprise software is like not the most usable but that's fine because it's not built for the end user it's built for the economic buyer DocSend is built for the end user so one of the fascinating things about what has made DocSend successful and creating a category is that We don't have a term for it. We have a brand promise, which is around control. If you're sending an important document or file, you want control as the sender. And then from there, we do vertical marketing. So whatever your use case is, whether it's sales, marketing, investor relations, fundraising is a really big one for us. We have all these pages on our website that describe precisely why Docsend is so useful for that persona. And so by being a horizontal technology that we market vertically, we can actually have like a pretty big footprint and create a surprisingly large company. And we've also gotten into the data room space. So Docs also competes in that particular vertical. We've also done e-signature. So we compete in the e-signature vertical. We also do board portal management. We compete in that vertical. We do sales enablement. We compete in that vertical. And so the way we've created this new category is by making those workflows really easy for the end user and making this a horizontal technology play
1: It sounds like what you're doing is not necessarily marketing to a specific category or producing a new category, but you're basically picking out use cases for individual segments. So talk to me about what you think the difference is between creating a new product category, marketing to that category, or just highlighting your customer segment and finding out what their use cases are marketing
2: to pain points at least for Docsend, was a bit of an evolution where our first iteration on it was just saying document analytics and we weren't sure who was going to use it and we were just selling the value prop. And then we had another iteration where we sold upmarket into sales enablement and just said Docsend, sales enablement. And then we're kind of looking through our users and seeing how people are using it. And it was like a lot of people using it for a lot of different things. And I interviewed hundreds of our customers and came to the conclusion that we could market to a specific use case for DocSend, but based on the way we built the product, it's just generally useful. So then we changed up all of our marketing to just speak to a bunch of different use cases. And you're starting to see other companies adopt this. Like in the way olden days, it was like, hey, sell to enterprise. And like, that's how you did it on-prem software. And then you've got vertical SaaS now, which is a big thing where you sell just to one vertical. But you're starting to see, especially in product-led growth companies, more of this playbook that Doxin has. Airtable is a great example. Airtable is absolutely a new category. What is that category? It kind of doesn't matter. You just need to go on their website and figure out, like, who do you look like? And then they have all of these use cases and templates and information about how you would integrate and use Airtable in your day-to-day work life.
1: I'd say cloud-based spreadsheets is kind of the category. Maybe they're reinventing. But I guess the thing that's really fascinating me from a marketing perspective about what you're talking about, when I started my first startup, everybody was like, hey, pick a niche, pick a vertical, have a specific customer that you're going after and be able to talk to their specific pain points. So you can find product market fit and then scale. And maybe you add on additional customers or products or services that reach a larger market over time, but basically figure out some way to have some viability in the market early. You've built a product that is extensible and has utility for basically anybody that has a job, right? Anybody that's sending digital files, which like the TAM for that is huge, So when you've got a TAM that's like, who can use this? Well, working people with the internet. How do you (laughs) tackle marketing, right? Like there's a million different ways and reasons why people want to send a file or want to reduce the friction for that. So talk to me about the decision to market to either specific pain points or the sort of universal pain point that everybody has.
2: It's a time-old question, and we could in the future change our minds about it. For DocSend, it's been a bit of an evolution in terms of who we've marketed to. And we tried marketing to multiple segments. And it is generally useful to anyone with the internet <laughs> sending files as part of their job. We tailor our marketing to each vertical and we don't constrain ourselves to a particular vertical. Fundraising is a great use case. So founders raising capital, very high urgency for that. It's also not great in the sense that it is episodic they use Docsend for a little while and then they don't need it anymore. But it's a great training ground for people to understand the product. And then they go on and they use it in other departments in their company. And for fundraising specifically, because we're like, okay, great, we've got this generally useful product, but how do we market it to fundraisers? A couple of things we got really right there. One was content marketing, specifically data-driven content marketing. So we looked at that use case and we said, hey, what's interesting about this use case? And it's like, well, we're sitting in the middle between investors and documents. What research could we do on top of this information in aggregate, respecting everyone's privacy, but in aggregate, you know, like what takeaways can we have? And we were able to come up with some like really interesting data-driven content marketing that is almost a product unto itself. We hired a tenure-track professor, <laughs> to like run this function for us at Docsend. And the research around it is fascinating and really value add for entrepreneurs. And on top of that, we then built a partnership model where we'll give Docsend for 90% off to startups in incubators or through VCs. And we've got a pretty large network of different incubators and investors that will both distribute the fundraising research we have, as well as the Docsend discount to all their portfolio companies. And that is a really nice little flywheel that just kind of works. It spreads awareness for Docsend, it's a lot of value add, people get into the product, they realize they love the product, they figure out how else they can use the product, they spread the product. So it's 100% inbound for Docsend and it's 95% self serve. So a lot of this has worked really well. But we're always thinking about like, hey, what's the next vertical? Hey, we've got all these sales users of Docsend, what else can we do there to market to them? Or what else do we need to build in the product to be useful to them? kind of up next for us are getting into more into e-signature and getting more into data rooms. Both of those are very natural extensions of Docsend, and we'll need to come up with new marketing tactics for those. But it doesn't mean we give up on the marketing tactics we were using before. It just means we need to add on top of it other ones.
1: That seems like a product extension. You've got a market, you've got traction, and now all of a sudden you're trying to think about other ways to drive revenue or other utility you can add onto the existing product. I think the big question for me is, you use the example of fundraising. And how, yes, it's episodic, but you can tap into a market where companies that are going through this phase of sending a lot of attachments want to use it or have a need for the product. And you can create some value, get the needle in and keep them over time. How did you figure out that that was a category that there was interest in your product? You've mentioned fundraising or sales enablement, sort of these different verticals. How did you figure out that there was a need for your product? So you needed to market to that specific use case, because it seems like you could have an endless number of use cases.
2: Totally. Yeah. You and I could just sit down and brainstorm 50 different use cases for the concept that is Docsend. Mom sending
1: financial documents to sons so they can <laughs> approve their college applications or something
2: like it could be endless. Right. And to some degree, when you're starting a company, or for me as a founder, I've always had the philosophy like it doesn't need to be optimal, it just needs to be good enough. And I've always remained curious about like, hey, what is it you're trying to do here? And even before we wrote any code for Docsend, we did a lot of interviews with potential users around like, hey, what's your workflow? What are you doing? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, where could we add value? And my first company that I sold to Facebook, I raised money for that company as well. So I had some personal experience with the fundraising journey. And we knew it wasn't a big market, but it seemed like a really obvious need for Docsend. And so... We didn't actually market to startups at first, we marketed it very generally, but that was just an early area where we saw organic usage of the product that was really interesting. Just really clearly a high urgency, and that came out in the interviews we had as well. So we decided at one point, we're like, well, if there's high urgency there, let's just go with it. So. As opposed to the process you outlined where you kind of do a market analysis and then you kind of like do a TAM and then you kind of like try to get into it. We were a little backwards in the sense that we launched the product first and just kind of saw where it stuck and then decided from a marketing perspective to double down on those areas.
1: Yeah, it's funny. You you mentioned the marketing problems you're having. We're big fans of Monday.com here. We use it for our content automation and a whole bunch of different stuff. You mentioned Airtable before. There's all sorts of these companies that are like, I've built this underlying user-facing utility that can be used a thousand different ways. And so from a marketing perspective, that gets really challenging. I bring up monday.com because I see their marketing for CRM replacements. I see them marketing for content calendars. I see them marketing for all sorts of different stuff, CDPs, business intelligence tools. They, They can market themselves as basically anything in the enterprise MarTech toolkit. So the question here is, what's your advice as you're sitting around thinking of ideas? Do you start with, well, I've got this product that has this huge TAM. I'm going to pick out a couple of segments. Do you start building first and then figuring out who your customers are and what they need? When you're getting into these markets that have these huge TAMs, talk me through the genesis of your marketing strategies. and How does that extend to the point where you're getting acquired by Dropbox?
2: It's a long road before you know, zero to one and then getting acquired, certainly. And then I've gotten that question over the years, like, what's your exit strategy? And my answer has always been like, there isn't one. We're just creating something really valuable. And if we create enough value, good things will happen, either through acquisition or IPO or... There's exit paths you're creating, but none. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever the outcome is. And so we saw a great fit with Dropbox and it worked out. But before that, it was the whole journey of like creating enough value to be exciting to anybody. And I would say that when you're deciding what market to go after first, especially if you're in the seat as a founder or just running the marketing function for an earlier stage company, just getting from zero to one is really critical. And you have less time than you think you do. And you have fewer iteration cycles than you think you do. So I would recommend picking, to your advice from earlier, picking something really narrow that you know you can win. But at the same time, on the product side, you don't want to over-specialize what you're building for that really small vertical. And you can always update your marketing site over time. You can change the messaging. You can change who you position it for. So for us getting to zero to one, like we had a couple iterations, but I'm really happy that we decided to go as deep as we did on the fundraising use case because it gave us the cash flow. It gave us the usage to start creating the flywheel and start adding additional value to other use cases from there.
1: When you're starting out or even when you're at DocSense scale, You don't always need to have everything perfectly figured out. You can do your homework, talk to your customers. Like Russ said, he interviewed 100 different people to understand what some of the problems they had. Then you have to use your intuition for not what is perfect, but for what is good enough to get started. And you iterate from there and continue to go to the point that you're ready for an exit. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Russ Heddleston, the founder and CEO of DocSend, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Russ and I are going to talk about why self-serve outperforms outbound marketing. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Russ, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile on our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is heddleston R-H-E-D-D-L-E-S-T-O-N. Or you can visit his company's website, which is docsen.com, D-O-C-S-E-N-D.com.